What's going on, everyone? It's Michael Hartman, the owner of Formal Fitness Training. Welcome to another edition of Coffee with the Trainer. Obviously, this is quarantine version 2.0. I'm here with uh, Ben Feynman, owner of Intuitive Roots. He's been on the show before. It's a little bit different than it was last time. Ben and I were actually in the same location. So today we're going to be remotely. Ben's in Philly. I'm here in Moton, Pennsylvania. Um, we're going to try and give you guys some good content here about the state of affairs in the fitness industry, um, what you can be doing during this time to stay healthy, boost your immune system, and things along those lines. And we're looking forward to a good show as always. Ben, what's up, my man? How's it going, Mike? Thanks for having me on today. It's uh, you know, always a pleasure to chat with you and you know meet up with you, even if it's virtually like we have to do today. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad to have you on here. I think that's um you know, it's something we, we need to do right now. It's something that, um, you know, people are not really seeing too many people. Um, you're, you're basically just seeing whoever's in your house generally, or if you're going out and taking hikes, you're seeing people from a six to 10 foot distance. So um, it's a good mm -hmm. opportunity to be able to sit down and um, talk with some of the brightest minds in fitness and see what kind of help we can give our following today. Yeah, I think, you know, this time's about finding the silver linings and, uh, you know, I, I know for me personally, I've been connecting with a lot of friends that, uh, you know, just for whatever reasons, we just haven't had like crazy contact in, you know, the, the past year or whatever. And it's, it's been good to reconnect with people and do these video calls and connect virtually. So, you know, it's been nice to stay connected. It's good we have these things like we're doing today. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I was talking to a couple people the other day and I was saying if we didn't have this technology, so if you go back to, say 2010 when the internet was much slower we didn't have the great devices like zoom and google duo and all those things um the fitness fitness industry could be basically dead in the water um so fortunately right now we're all able to produce some content and keep uh keep motoring forward and i think that's the most important thing um so as always i'm gonna have my live feed off to my left so if you have any questions just put them in the comments and we'll try and get to them on the show you can also reach out to me or Ben as well on your own at Intuitive Roots or at Ben Feynman at Formal Fitness Training at Michael Hartman. Um, and we'll do our best to try and accommodate you guys. Um, so grab your cup of coffee and let's dive right in. Um, I already had two cups, so I'm a little wired. So <laughs> All right. I'm still working on my first, so I'm getting there. <laughs> All right. So uh, workout routines during quarantine. Um, what should we be doing and how should we be setting up our workout routines differently during quarantine versus um, when we're in a gym type of setting? Ben, I'll let you get started on that and we'll kind of just bounce off each other on that. Sure. Well, I think first and foremost, it, you know, really one of the main things is, you know, what do you have available? For a lot of people, it might just be body weight. You know, some people maybe before we're doing home workouts and have some dumbbells and maybe medicine balls or some kettlebells or whatever. But um, I think it's important right now to just understand that if you were working on like a very strict fitness goal or, you know, you had like some really specific goals, um, it, you might just have to put a few things on the back burner right now, depending on what you do have available. So um, I think right now it's important to stay active. It's important to keep your body healthy. Um, you know, and just exercise for mental health as well. But I, I think right now a lot of people are limited. And really, um, I guess if there's anything I could just recommend to people, it's just try to move daily, try to exercise daily. 
even if it's just going for a walk, even if it's doing some body weight stuff in your home. Um, you know, now there are, you know, if you do have some equipment at home, there are other options. But I, I think right now, the most important thing is to keep it simple, simple keep it basic. Um, do what you can. Don't overexert yourself. It's probably not the time to be working on like your PR lifts if you do have the heavy equipment at home. Um, with everything going on, you, you don't want to overload your nervous system right now with a whole lot of craziness, just with everything that's, you know, kind of going on, a lot of emotions, a lot of um, uncertainty. So, you know, really, I would just recommend just trying to exercise daily. You know, there's a lot of resources. Um, you know, I'm doing some free classes. There's lots of other trainers and fitness organizations putting out free content. So, Right now, just um, do what you can, and if you have equipment at home, make use of it. But, um, you know, that's really my recommendation right now, is just make do with what you got. Yeah, and I think um, if you're looking to continue progressing during this time, you need to start looking at some variables that you might not have previously looked at. Um, think time under tension, um, overall volume of your workouts, um, and basically what time under tension means is if you're used to going to the gym and doing three sets of six bicep curls or bench presses. And, you know, that set might take you 30 seconds or 40 seconds. Today, we want to kind of focus on maybe getting more into the muscular endurance side of things and kind of, because obviously, as you said, you might not have as much strength equipment at home. So right now we can work on our cardiorespiratory and our muscular endurance, flexibility, mobility, and diet much more than we can work on our muscular strength. So extend those sets a little bit longer and focus on some different things, um, just uh, random things that you can do. Um, I've seen a lot of people doing the uh, workouts with the deck of cards and just writing down five exercises mm -hmm. per suit and then doing so nine burpees, nine push-ups, nine jumping jacks, nine sit-ups. Um, and then every suit with the number is how many reps you're going to be doing. So that's something that's cool. Um, you can look into as many reps as possible so you can say you're going to do push-ups for a minute and you're just going to do as many as you can in a minute um it's just you know trying to find progress where you otherwise hadn't previously looked i know myself personally um i kind of do a bad job of that i do a lot of weight training i do a lot of sprinting and i do a lot of foam rolling but now i'm focusing more on my my running my yoga my meditation I'm doing even more stretching than I usually would. And, you know, that brings me to a second point, which is focusing on your weak points. So if you look back to before this all happened, when you were in the gym, what was that stuff that you neglected that you weren't able to do? You didn't have the time to do. And now you maybe have a little bit more time. So try and focus on your weak points right now. And then when you go back to the gym, you might actually find that you're a little bit stronger than you may have been coming into this in some ways. Absolutely. And, you know, to your point, I think, you know, going back to like the time under tension, um, there's lots of great protocols you can do with just body weight um, that are still going to help you progress with your fitness goals. Um, honestly, just learning to master like push-ups and body weight squats um, could open just tons of doors for you. If you're someone who hasn't trained body weight much, or maybe you're just getting into a fitness routine right now. I mean, if there's if you're just getting started and you're looking for two simple exercises that can really um, build your fitness tremendously, if you learn just a real good body weight squat and push up, those two things alone, um, 
you know, just to show like the simplicity that you could uh, employ during a workout. Like you could just do, let's say a 10 minute, uh, I like doing EMOM sets. They're one of the protocols I like. It's just every minute on the minute. So at the top of the minute, you know, you choose an exercise or two, you try to perform a given amount of reps and then you basically rest till the top of the next minute. Um, so just doing like five push-ups and five or 10 squats at the top of the minute, resting till the next minute, and then doing that for like a 10 minute round. You know, at the end of that round, you've done 50 push-ups and you've done 50 to 100 squats, you know, in a 10 minute time frame. And uh, it's not anything that's overly fancy or overly complicated, but if you use good form and, you know, you just really um, try to get the most out of those exercises. You, and that's just one example of, of one thing you can do, but there's lots of just great protocols you can do with body weight. You know, you can download free interval timing apps and, and do intervals where you're working for a certain amount of time and resting for a certain amount of time. So there's, there's lots of stuff you can do with just body weight. And then if you have some free weights at home and you can actually add some free weights, uh, you know, to those exercises like squats, lunges, um, all the simple stuff. And that's, you know, one of the things that I wanted to get back to, like, with the training I do with people, um, a lot of the stuff we do, um, I really subscribe to the certified functional strength approach, um, uh, sorry, certified functional strength approach, uh, their protocols. And a lot of it is not overly fancy stuff. We're doing pull-ups, we're doing rows, we're doing, you know, squats, deadlifts, um, split squats, lunges. I mean, it's, it's not anything that's overly fancy, but if you can just learn to conquer, you know, six to eight basic exercises, um, that can really take you a long way with your fitness. And I think we're seeing that now with people that don't have a lot of equipment at home. You know, like I said, you do some squats, some lunges, some push-ups. Um, you know, maybe if you have a TRX and, or something that you can work on rows, maybe bands. Um, you can really do a lot with your fitness, um, you know, without having the machines and all the cardio equipment that you normally have access to. Yeah, and as I said in the beginning, um, at Intuitive Roots, I believe Ben's doing that Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 7 a.m. on Instagram Live, correct? Uh, Monday through Friday, actually. So every day, every weekday right now. And he's doing all body weight, so you have no excuses, no equipment at home, and he gives modifications for every exercise, which is something that is really important. Um, I always try and give a beginner modification, intermediate, and an advanced modification. So uh, you can increase your intensity or reduce your intensity. Uh, ben does a great job with that. So Monday through Friday at 7, Intuitive Roots on Instagram. Check that out. Um, yeah, and let me just give my opinion on what Ben just said about uh, push-ups, squats, um, and I'm going to throw two more in there, wall sit and plank. So benchmarks. This is good, too. Yeah, so if you're a beginner, um, I'd say you, your goal should be coming out of quarantine, you're able to do 10 good push-ups, you know, or maybe five, five to 10 good push-ups. Um, from your hands your feet, or from your knees or your feet, it doesn't matter. It's wherever you are. Um, same thing with a good bodyweight squat. You should be able to do, you know, 10 good bodyweight squats, and then you should be able to work yourself up to hold a, a wall sit for about a minute and a plank for about a minute. If you're intermediate, you might want to add 10 to 15 reps or 30 seconds to a minute to each one of those totals. If you're advanced, now you're talking, okay, can you do 50 good push-ups? Can you do 50 good squats? Can you do a three-minute wall sit? Can you do a three-minute plank? Um, it's just all about that progress and continuing to move down the line. Right there, we just created a good workout that you can do three days a week. Um, just push-ups, squats, 
um, wall sits and planks. Just do those, get as much done as you can, three sets of each, three days a week. Right there is a good start in the right direction if you're hanging out and you have no idea where to start. Um, I know Ben touched on this a little bit with the equipment that you could home, have at home. Um, I had a lot of questions of how to set up your home gym. And unfortunately, there's a supply chain issue right now where it's really difficult to get equipment. So That's a big I'm, problem. It's a huge problem. And, and the companies that do have it, they're gouging a little bit. So um, I think in the long run, it's good to think once this is over, maybe you want to add a couple pieces to your gym. But right now, it might be a little more difficult than normal. So stick to your soup cans, your um, water jugs, your sandbags, um, bags of rice, chairs, um, workout mats, whatever you have, carpet, um, the staircase in your house. And just focus on whatever you have and making do with what you have. Absolutely. I mean, um, yeah, there are, like, if we're going to talk about building a home gym, there's, you know, definitely some pieces of equipment I can recommend. But to your point, um, you know, in a perfect world, I would, you know, love to have everyone that's taken my classes all go out, buy a pair of kettlebells, buy a TRX, invest a little bit, and then, you know, maybe some adjustable dumbbells and we go. But, um one, I know that's, A, not in everyone's budget right now. Um, you know, a lot of people have either been furloughed or laid off. And so, you know, it might not be the best time for people to really invest a lot of money. And two, there's just that supply chain, chain uh, shortage. So maybe you got that stimulus check. You wanted to invest in some fitness equipment. You go on Amazon, you go wherever, and there's just nothing available. And, you know, I even wanted to invest in some more adjustable dumbbells myself and, I can't find anything right now that's, you know, within a, uh, a frame that I'm willing to spend. You know, I, I've seen like those power block dumbbells marked up like 100% of what they normally are. So, um, you know, right now might not be an ideal time to invest, but it might be, you know, like you were saying, um, a good time to start thinking about the future and like, okay, like if we're ever in a situation like this again, what would be good to have at home? And honestly, like, I think a good pair of adjustable dumbbells is, is a really great start. Um, and why I say adjustable, just giving you some weights to progress to. You know, we know the basic principles of strength training. If you want to keep, you know, building muscle and you want to keep improving your strength, um, that principle of progressive overload, you're going to have to continually increase the resistance, whether it's by more weight, whether it's more time under tension. Um, you might have to get creative with how you're doing that right now if you don't have different ways to progress to. That's like you were saying, you know, doing things like, you know, wall sits or squat holds where you're just putting your muscles under more tension. So maybe do like five squats and then hold for 10 seconds just to overload your muscles with a little more resistance. But, um, you know, outside of adjustable dumbbells, um, I do a lot of TRX. I really firmly believe in that tool. Um, the nice thing, if you're traveling, it fits really well in a suitcase, but you're using all body weight. For those of you who aren't aware, a suspension trainer, you just rig it from a high point. It has two handles, and you can do a multitude of exercises, upper, lower, core. Um, you know, definitely you would want to work with someone that can, you know, show you proper technique and everything. But great tool to have, really versatile. You can travel with it. Um, and then, as you know, I'm a big kettlebell guy, so I, I truly believe in, you know, just the strength and conditioning that kettlebells can build. I think they're one of the most effective tools for providing both a strength and conditioning workout kind of in one. Um, you can build a lot of strength if you're using weight that's challenging enough. 
And then if you're doing extra ballistic exercises like swings, cleans, snatches, um, a lot of really just conditioning oriented type movements um, that will help build your cardiovascular fitness as well. Like as a guy, you could get a 16 pair, a pair of 16 kilogram kettlebells and just really come out of quarantine, like really fit if you, you know, are working with someone that knows what they're doing and can teach you that proper technique. So it might be one of the only tools you need for your home gym for the rest of your life, really. So uh, there's lots of other good stuff. You know, maybe you have a few other recommendations, but, you know, those are some of my top, what I would recommend if you're building a home gym, you know, along with a good mat for floor-based exercises. Yeah, I mean, I actually wrote a blog on formalfitnesstraining.com that you guys can go back and look at. It's uh, three different options to building a home gym. Um, there's the the budget-friendly version, the semi-budget-friendly version, and the no-holds-bar version. So basically, the no-holds-bar version has everything Ben mentioned plus some type of cardio equipment, whether it's a cycle or a treadmill um, or an elliptical or a stair, stair a step mill in your house. Um, and then I also am a big believer in adjustable resistance bands because you can kind of clip them together and, and come up with yeah. infinite amounts of, um, resistance there. Um, but I also wanted to touch on if you were looking to create an at-home gym atmosphere and say the stimulus check came and your family's doing okay, you're still employed, you're still doing good, you have food on the table and things like that. And, and people that are closest to you are doing okay. Um, and you do want to spend some of that money on something like a gym, um, maybe put some of it aside for once this is over. And then for the time being, maybe invest in a couple sessions with your favorite personal trainer, kind of help them out during this time and let them teach you all kinds of body weight stuff that you can do in your own house and just keep moving forward like that. The reason I say that is because I was talking to a couple clients earlier who are actually, you know, they're having a hard time deciding what they want to do with the stimulus money because they're doing okay. Their work is, is, is full-time still, and they're getting um, everything they need from their employment, and they're wondering whether they want to just donate the money um, and not actually use it for themselves, um, and I think that's, that's a great thing to do as well if you want to donate some of it, but um, you know, now's a good time to invest a little of that on yourself too if you can, um, just for mental health and emotional health, physical health, um, all that stuff that you might not be getting as much of right now um, because you're struggling to move, like Ben said, move every day. I think that's really important. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was reading this article that I sent to Ben the other day. It was from verywellfit.com. And it was the 10 reasons to hire a personal trainer and the reasons why people won't hire a personal trainer. And I thought it would be kind of cool just to go through those real quick to give a personal train, two personal trainers opinions on these things. Um, the first one is always, every time you, you talk about investing in a trainer, it's cost. Um, and personally, I understand everybody's in a different situation, um, but spending a month or two with a really good trainer can give you the foundational knowledge that you can continue on your own if you're a self-motivated person. Obviously, uh, Ben and I usually run into three different types of clients. You have the clients that come to you for a specific reason or a specific goal, and they're normally short-term. You have the clients that kind of come and go periodically, that are with you for a while, they leave, then they come back. 
um, for specific goals. They'd be getting ready for the beach every year or whatever. And then there's the people that just really, really like it. It becomes part of their life. They like working with their trainer. They like new stuff. They like knowing that they're safe and things like that. Um, it, but with the cost, it really just depends on, you know, where you're at and working it into your budget. Yeah, I, you know, I think, uh, like you just said, it obviously depends on your financial situation and your budget. But um, I think, you know, sometimes if you really are looking to improve your health and fitness, and that's important to you, so you've established that, right? Um, you just really need to look at, you know, and I know you're very good uh, about this, but just prioritizing your budget and really prioritizing, prioritizing what's important. You know, maybe you're just like, ah, you know, like, $50 for an hour of training, that's expensive, but, you know, you have no issue later on that night going to a bar and spending $50 and racking up a bar tab. So, you know, I don't like to tell people how to spend their money or what to do with it, but I think if you really have, um, you know, an important goal, um, you know, just investing a little bit of money into training can go a long way. Like you were saying, even if it's not something that you're going to continually, like, meet with a trainer two, three times a week or whatever it is, you know, maybe it's once a month and maybe it's like, okay, we meet once a month. I give you a program to follow. You check in with me, you know, maybe weekly and just kind of like, let me know how things are going. If we need to tweak your program at all, you know, maybe send me a video where I kind of can break down your technique. So, I mean, I think most trainers like yourself are willing to work with people. Um, you know, if they can't commit to, you know, whatever it is twice a week or what most people normally do two, three times a week. Um, you know, there are other options and there are other ways that you can, you know, invest a little bit of money to just gain that knowledge. And if you are self-motivated, then take the tools. I think any good trainer will, you know, give that person the tools that they need to be successful. And then it's really up to that person what they do with it and how they implement it. And, you know, I think if you're a good trainer and you really care about people, you know, you're, you're willing to make yourself available if you've given that person a program. They've paid for it, but now they have questions like, hey, how can I get better at this? So, um, I think it's one of those things that just a, uh, investing a little bit of your money can go a long way, even if it's not something that you want to do on a continual basis. Yeah. And then, um, so this article had, uh, 10 reasons. And so number six and number 10 kind of go together. So, um, my previous trainer wasn't any good. He didn't get me the results I wanted or she, um, and then the fear of not liking your trainer. And I think that really comes down to, the interview process. If you're looking for a trainer, I think it's good to look for education, experience, and enthusiasm. When the three E's, when you're looking for a trainer, um, you want to make sure they didn't just start training. I'm not saying somebody just started training is going to be a terrible trainer, but you definitely want, if you're investing a lot of money, you want to um, spend it on somebody who's well-educated um, and somebody who's enthusiastic about training. Um, the better trainers that I know are usually the ones that do it full time. They don't do anything else. They're 100% dedicated to the health and fitness craft. I think that's really good. Um, and then you're hedging your bets that that person's going to be pretty good. If you meet with them and you have a good session, um, they, they show their credentials to you and, and they get along with you and they're enthusiastic about your results and thinking about you. I mean, there's a lot of trainers out there and, you know, I hate saying things like this because it sounds generalized, but there's a lot of trainers out there that only know one way to train. And if that's not your way of operating, that's probably not going to be the trainer for you. So you have to find the trainer 
that's geared towards you. Like me, I'm more about bodybuilding and personal growth and development in your entire life. Whereas Ben's a lot more specialized in functional training with kettlebells, body weight movements. That doesn't mean Ben doesn't know how to bodybuild, but Ben specializes more in kettlebells and things like that, that I don't necessarily specialize in. And then any other trainer is going to have a different approach. So you got to really do your diligence to find the trainer that's meant to be with you. And I think that, I think you just nailed it on the head there. Um, everyone's got their own style. Everyone's got their own way of doing things. Um, and it, it really depends on your goals. And I think sometimes as a, a fitness professional or a trainer, um, you have to look at that and say like, okay, the, you know, someone might come to you looking for a very specialized thing. And maybe it's not something you specialize in or something that you honestly don't feel comfortable, you know, doing if that's not, you know, in your normal wheelhouse. So I think that's where it's good to have that network of people. Like, you know, if I have like an online client that's really looking for bodybuilding and say, you know what, like, I don't know if I can help you the best that you want to be, but I know, you know, I have my friend Mike here who kind of specializes more in that. I think it would be better for you, you know, if you work with him and just having, you know, being able to put your own ego in check and really realizing what's best for that person and their individual needs and not being afraid to, you know, refer them to someone else that might, you know, be able to better suit whatever specialized, you know, thing they're, whatever they're looking for is, um, you know, but with that being said, um, just to kind of, I guess, tie on to what you were saying, I, I think the three E's are, like you said, important, the experience, the enthusiasm, and the education. Um, you know, you just want someone who, you know, has a body of work that has been working with people for, let's say, you know, maybe a few years at least and has given people success and someone that people have just generally, you know, enjoyed working with and gravitated towards, you know, we all know the hard-ass trainers that love to scream and yell and get in your face and some people that works you know some people want that some people really want more of that like militant style boot camp in your face because for some people that's what motivates them um i'm really not that way you know like i'll get on people if i need to but like i that's not my style that's not my approach i know other people that are that way so i think if you're the person that's looking for a trainer you know everyone has social media now everyone kind of has their own presence so you need, really need to look for someone that you think is going to resonate well with, you know, just their demeanor, um, you know, and their, what, what they're bringing to the table. So. Yeah, and I have two specific examples. One that actually just happened this past week of me saying that I don't have the skill set to help somebody. I had somebody asking me, because I, I just did some continuing education on injury prevention with the NFL on running and sprinting and jumping. Um, and somebody asked me if I trained marathoners, ultra marathoners, um, triathletes. And I said, no, I said, I am a hundred yard sprinter to 5k runner. It doesn't mean I don't know how to write a program for, for marathoners, but I just know that I'm not going to be the best person for that. Much like I never teach Turkish getups. I don't teach snatches. I don't teach power clean and press because those are not three. Those are three exercises I don't personally do. Now, I would, be, I would feel much more comfortable referring those people to you in that instance. And it's swallowing your pride and understanding that um, you're not going to be the best at everything and, and being willing to do what's best for the customer first and foremost. That's where it's really going to be important for the trainer to be that way from the beginning. Uh, you have to set the ego aside. 
Um, the other seven things that they list why they're uh, afraid to hire a trainer, and I don't want to get too deep into this, but I just wanted to cover it because I think it's important. Um, I'm too overweight or out of shape. I don't know what to expect. I'm afraid it will hurt. I'm afraid of injury. I'm afraid of looking bad. I'm afraid of, I'm afraid of commitment, and I'm afraid of failure. And all seven of those resonate with one thing. It is 100% the trainer's responsibility to make that client feel comfortable, ease them into things, make sure that they're staying safe. Sometimes Ben knows just as well as me that you're going to make your client do a lot of things that they don't want to do. I have clients that come in and like I'm planning on making them do squats and I see them hinge and they, they try and drop into a squat and they're dropping like this far because they're so tight. Well, guess what? We're not squatting that day. I will spend that entire session foam rolling and stretching. Maybe at the end, we'll do some bodyweight squats. It's the, the code of ethics as a trainer is do no harm. And people forget that. And that militant style Number of training, it, it gen generally hurts people if, if they're not ready for it. I always tell my clients when they start out, if you're a beginner, you should be looking forward to three months of just getting your body ready to potentially do intense exercise. You shouldn't just walk into a gym and get killed on day one. That's the worst thing. That's LA fitness stuff right there. Again, shouldn't say that, but that's how we were trained. We were pretty much trained to work people out really, really hard. So they felt like they were getting their money worth. And I don't think that's how they do it anymore because the industry has changed a little bit. Um, but really it's one of those things where you have to put the client's needs first, always. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, I think that's, you know, like you said, do no harm. Obviously, that's number one. Someone's coming to you to look to improve their health and fitness. The last thing you want to do is injure them and then, you know, put them further back on their journey and then make them question if, you know, what they were trying to do was really worth it. Um, you know, like you said, if someone comes in, you know, if they can't do like a proper bodyweight squat or, you know, show any indications of having the correct joint mobility or, you know, the proper core strength to even keep their spine upright, then, you know, why the hell would you throw a barbell on their back and just start making them squat with weight? So I, I think that's where, you know, again, it comes into getting with someone that knows what they're doing, that's educated, that will take you through the proper, you know, um, proper chain, I guess we'll say, as far as, you know, every exercise has prerequisites. Um, you know, I'm not going to have someone just start doing kettlebell swings if they've never, if they don't know how to properly hinge their hips and they've never done like a kettlebell deadlift. You don't hand someone a kettlebell and just say, all right, start swinging it. I mean, when I went to my certification, you know, we, we spent, you know, an entire afternoon just learning how to cue like proper mechanics of swings. So there, there's just, you know, technique driven things that go with every exercise and if you're not showing that you have the joint mobility that you know you have the, the strength that you might need to even have that be a prerequisite to a certain exercise then you're not just going to you know throw someone in the fire and say all right start doing this so you know i think all of those fears people have um of maybe even judgment and i i think that's one thing that people really need to um you know, understand is that any good trainer, any fitness professional, we're here because we generally want to help people because we generally care. We want to see people get healthier, get stronger, become better versions of themselves. So we're never here to judge people or put them down. Like, 
you know, I don't like go after a session and say, oh my God, I was working with this person today and they just absolutely suck. Like that's, that's not who I am. And I think any good trainer that really cares about people is not doing that. You know, we're, if anything, I'm thinking like, all right, like that person really improved today. Like what can I do in their next session so I can make them do that even a little bit better. So I think that's one thing that people need to understand. It's like, there, there's absolutely no judgment. We're all here to help. We're here to make you better. And if we're telling you to do things or having you do things, it's, it's to make you better. You know, it's not to put you down or make you feel inferior in any way. And, um, you know, that's one thing I really want to get out there. And I also think when you are, you know, hiring a trainer, um, there's always a level of, you know, just personal responsibility that needs to be tied to it as well. Say you're working with a trainer 60 minutes twice a week. All right, that's, that's two hours of your week. So really the gains you're going to make, your fitness, a lot of it's going to be what are you doing when you're not with your trainer? And I think that's, uh, you know, a lot of people like, oh, well, I was working out with a trainer twice a week. I didn't see results. It's like, <laughs> yep. did you follow the nutrition advice that was given to you? Did you do the other workouts you were supposed to do when you're not with your trainer? Because let's be honest, if you have a, a fitness goal you really want to meet, two hours of exercise a week is alone is not going to get you there. It's going to be doing other daily movement, doing other, you know, fitness-related activities, really trying to get a good handle on your nutrition, which I can't stress enough. So a lot of it, yes, we're here to help, we're here to support, but it's like you got to be able to do the things when you're not with your trainer as well that are going to make a huge difference. And, well, I'm going to also sound like an old trainer here. Uh, I've been in the industry for 15 years, and the thing I don't understand, so the Olympics got canceled this year, which is, which is awful. It's the first time I think that's happened – Maybe it might have happened once before. Um, but so look at the Olympics. Look at any sport. Javelin, um, sprinting, high jump, dart, powerlifting. Okay. The reason I'm just giving you a bunch of examples is if you've ever tried to learn how to type, first time you did it, you were terrible at it, right? Everybody was chicken pecking when they first started. Playing the guitar, every other note's sour because you don't know how to do it. I, I don't really know why people think that fitness is supposed to be so easy. They think they can come into the gym and all of a sudden they're going to be an expert overnight. You can literally spend hundreds of hours dissecting the squat just to make sure you're doing it right. Um, so stop looking at fitness as a nice to have. Look at it as a necessity, uh, something that's going to continue to improve your life and something that you can continually educate and continually learn. Um, there is no sport, there's no discipline, there is no hobby out there that you learn overnight. It's experience, experience, experience. It's just what it is. Yeah. And I'll, I'll piggyback off that by saying that, you know, strength is really a skill. Strength is like learning anything else, like learning carpentry or learning how to paint or, you know, any skill-based activity like that, right? Like you said, you're not just going to start day one and be a master at it. And I think people sometimes with fitness think like, all right, like, you know, they're going to do a fitness program for a month and all of a sudden they're going to be like Jack LaLanne or, you know, whatever other, you know, fitness celebrity you want to throw in there. But, I, you know, I think if you look at, say, an exercise like a deadlift, I mean, that that's something that could take years to really master the technique and get your strength to a level where you're able to compete or whatever you want to do with it. But you know, to your point, I think it's one of those things where people just want to pick up a barbell or pick up a kettlebell for the first time and, you know, be a master at it by tomorrow. And a lot of it, you know, when you're 
working with a trainer, when you're improving your fitness, um, you know, you really have to be mentally present. You know, like I try to really um, instill that in people. Like it's not just like you're going to show up and mindlessly like crank out some reps and like, okay, it's like when you're working with a trainer, when you're at the gym, like you need to get in the right mental state where you're really putting focus on the task at hand, whether it's, you know, squatting or bench press or whatever exercise you're going to do. You need to be mentally present, and I, I just think that's huge as far as, you know, really differentiating between, like, training and just, you know, like a workout where you're kind of mindlessly pushing yourself through reps. So, you know, I think there's definitely a differentiation there. Yeah, and I think there's some, some issues right now um, with social media. There's a lot of good-looking girls and a lot of good-looking guys on Instagram that are just putting up these exercise videos. Um, and they might know what they're doing. They might have an idea of how to, you know, contract the muscle fibers and, and align themselves properly to, to execute the movement. Um, but that doesn't mean you do. And I think yeah. the biggest mistake people make is seeing someone doing a shoulder press and they, they just go into gym and they try and replicate that movement. But, you know, you, they're leaning forward, their hips are popped forward you know, they're doing this range of motion instead of this, or they're coming all the way down here. They're putting all that stress on their shoulders. Um, they're just making little mistakes that they think they're doing it right, um, but they're really not. And you got to learn how to stabilize a lot of different muscles before you can actually contract the correct muscles. And that's a, something me and Ben could talk about for about 10 hours, but I'll just leave it at that, that what you see someone else doing is not always the most beneficial for you. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think to your point, there's, yeah, a lot of stuff out there and it's real easy to feel like you're doing it correctly, feel like you're doing it properly when you're really not. Um, one real quick story I can share is just when I did uh, my level one certi uh, kettlebell certification with an organization called Strong First, um, they are real, real sticklers for technique and for making sure that, you know, they basically want you to practice what you preach. So if you're teaching other people how to learn kettlebells, they want you to have flawless technique. Um, I went into the certification. I had trained a lot, but like I was self-taught. Everything I learned was just YouTube videos and stuff, which got me, you know, it got me to a point where I felt confident, but I showed up at the certification. I had gotten no personal coaching. I had no one that had really looked at my technique or anything. And it was one of the most humbling, you know, fitness experiences I've ever had in my life because they just completely broke down my technique, everything I was doing wrong, everything that I thought I was perfect on where my technique was really poor. Um, the last thing, one of the last things you have to do to pass the certification is uh, it's a five minute snatch test. So for men, it's a 24 kilogram kettlebell, which is about 53 pounds. And you have to do with perfect technique, a hundred snatches in five minutes. Um, so it's a real conditioning test as well. I didn't even get the opportunity to do that because my snatch technique was so poor that they didn't even feel like I could properly do it safely to even do this. So I had to go back. I had to spend three months perfecting my technique. And then eventually I was able to send a video submission to my coach that I was working with and, you know, passed it. But just an example, like I went in thinking that I was perfect on everything and it just really humbled me but at the same time you know it was just for my own good because then I really put the time and effort into you know working with some of the coaches there and really getting to where I needed to be so I could then pass that certification myself but um just goes to show even people that do this for a living you know we 
you know, you, sometimes we need coaches ourselves to make sure we're doing things properly. So. That's an awesome story, Ben. That's, uh, you know, perseverance. It's, I like yeah. it. And it just goes to show that, you know, even though I do this for a living, even though, you know, that I'm coaching people and trying to get them to, you know, conquer their own health and fitness, like there's still a lot that I'm learning myself and I'm just trying to continually implement and pass that knowledge on, you know, like I think any good trainer does to their clients and people they're working with. Definitely. Um, so we're kind of coming up towards the end of our hour here. So I just want to try and spend five, 10 minutes just giving some people some advice for things that they can do going forward. That's not that we haven't been doing that this entire time, but given the current state of affairs, um, I just wanted to touch on how the listeners can improve their immunity during this uh, to help keep them healthy. And also, how do we undo the damage from all this sitting that we're doing? Um, I know earlier in this call, we talked about um, moving every day. And we talked about some at-home workouts we can do and things like that. Um, but Ben, I'll let you speak first to immunity and undoing damage from sitting and not moving too much. Um, so with, with immunity, I think that's really kind of like a four-part thing. So we talked about the exercise. Um, to really, you know, have a, a well-functioning immune system, daily exercise is important. And I think right now, um, just with the uncertainty, not knowing when we're going to be able to get back to normal life and everything, um, it, it adds a certain uh, layer of stress. So I don't think it's, like I was saying earlier, it's probably not the time to be, like, pushing yourself to maximum exertion. Because um, we know that that can tax the immune system when we exercise really intensely and then you're going to need time to recover. So right now, I don't know if I would be doing like the most maxed out hardest workouts. I would just focus on daily exercise, moderate level. You know, I'm not saying don't push yourself, but like don't be pushing yourself to the brink every single day. Like, you know, give your immune system that time to recover. So if God forbid you do contract COVID or any other disease that you're going to have a fighting chance of, you know, making it or, you know, fighting it off and not having it be that severe. Um, I think sleep is a very important thing that's overshadowed that a lot of people don't look at. I think as Americans, we don't get enough sleep. We're overworked. We're overstressed. Um, we spend too much damn time looking at our smartphones. And, you know, yep. especially when we're trying to go to bed, that light's not good. So um, I would really, especially now, if you're not on a normal routine and you can get, you know, a, a chance to get a little more sleep, I would recommend that seven to nine hours a night being extremely important for immune health. Um, and then the other two would be stress and nutrition. So, you know, right now, like I said, it's a stressful time. You know, we're all off of our normal everything, our normal schedules, diet, exercise. But I think keeping as much consistency as you can, keeping a consistent schedule will help with that. So you don't feel like you're just grasping for, you know, straws as far as like trying to keep your world in order. So I think, you know, maintaining a schedule, keeping, you know, some daily things on your daily tasks on your schedule will help have some semblance of a regular life and just employing other techniques like meditation, yoga, mindfulness to help kind of alleviate stress. Um, I've been able to uh, implement a little bit more yoga into my current routine, which I don't normally find the time for. That's really done a lot for both my mental and physical health. Um, so, you know, we could talk a lot about that, but I think even something as simple as meditating five minutes a day can really help relieve some stress and do a lot of, of wonders for your mental health. Um, and then nutrition. Um, and I think 
Yeah, we could, you know, obviously do a whole full like podcast about nutrition. But I think right now, um, if you have that extra time, like just learn some basic cooking skills right now. I think that's important. I think a lot of us normally don't have the time to really cook our meals or, you know, spend the time learning new recipes. So, you know, I've been on Instagram putting up one new healthy recipe a week. I have that on my Instagram TV. Um, but there's just lots of great, you know, sources you can find as far as uh, health and nutrition I really like Precision Nutrition. I like them because they don't really prescribe to a, you know, like a strict um, protocol like keto or vegan. Um, they kind of just look at nutrition as kind of like an overall thing and what you can do to be healthy. Um, some of their main suggestions are getting um, adequate protein serving at each meal, getting some vegetables at each meal, and then just being mindful of like your starchier carbohydrates and keeping that, you know, starch and carbohydrate is probably the smallest portion on your meal, unless you're talking about a post-workout meal. So, you know, I think those simple things um, can go a long way as far as nutrition. But, um, you know, if you're really looking to um, learn more about that, I think they're a great source. And, uh, you know, I think nutrition, sleep, exercise, um, and then keeping your stress in check are all things you can do to keep your immune system, you know, uh, functioning optimally at this point. And then, you know, maybe you can talk about a little bit more about like vitamin. I know you're a little bit bigger into supplements than I am, but, you know, maybe there's some daily supplements that you take that you feel might be immune boosting or could help people. Yeah, um, I think right now, in the event that you're not going to the grocery store or the farmer's market as much as usual, I think there's some credibility to looking into having a greens product that you take that's just a bunch of mashed up fruits and vegetables that are providing you with good amounts of polyphenols, um, digestive enzymes, and your daily doses of fruits and vegetables. I think that's great. Um, I know there's a lot of misinformation about multivitamins, but I think as long as you're getting a capsulated multivitamin, not a hard-pressed tablet, capsulated that's gender-specific and from a company that you trust, um, I think you know, you're filling in those little gaps that you know, let's face it, I don't know, I know a lot of people that eat really healthy, but most people don't eat five to eight colors of fruits and vegetables a day. And the colors are what's important because sure. every color, especially now, exactly. And every color has a different type of micronutrient mac and yeah, micronutrient profile. And um, also, that, that's about it as far as supplements. I mean, vitamin D3 is good if you're not getting enough sunlight. Um, vitamin C is great and it's actually loosely associated with helping prevent the coronavirus. Um, like I said, that's not a guarantee there. It's just loosely, I've been reading a little bit about that recently. Um, and also hydration, um, at least take half your body weight in yeah. ounces of water every day, and then add 16 ounces per hour of activity. And then um, that's pretty much it from the immunity standpoint. Ben covered it really well. Um, undoing the damage from sitting, typing too much and not moving, I'm just gonna wow. leave you with, I didn't touch on that, so sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. Well, we're running out of time here, so I'm just going to leave you with four exercises that you can do at your desk. Um, so you want to tuck your chin to your neck and then open your neck up to the ceiling. And that's going to be about 15 reps that you want to do every two or three hours. Then you want to look left and right, kind of like the owl that turns his neck around. So you're going to go chin to ear, pause for a second, then the other side. 10 to 12 reps of that. Then the last one is ear to shoulder. Hold it for a second. 
hold it for a second. And the last one I like, just kind of take your elbows, you pull them back. So your scapula is pulled as far back as you can. And then you want to think about depressing your elbows down. So pull back, you might be a little hunched up, depress the shoulders down. And you want to hold that isometrically for 30 to 60 seconds. Don't do it to the point of pain. You just want to feel a nice stretch. So again, down, up, side, side, ear, ear, back and depressed. Um, every two hours at a minimum, I would do those four exercises. Get up, walk around a little bit, maybe do some knee grabs, pull your knee into your chest, and some little stretches here and there. Um, you know, you can also just sit at your desk stretching your shoulders, stretching your forearms. It's all good stuff. Um, it's just important. Don't let yourself become a physical wreck because of what's happening. Stretch, find some time for foam rolling. If you have a foam roller, you can use a softball if you don't. It might just hurt a little bit more. Um, there's some great resources that I know I put out and Ben puts out for that as well. Um, ben, any closing thoughts? Um, just to, to add on to what you said, um, there's a few like yoga movements that I like. I incorporate them in every one of my uh, like mobility warm-ups before workout, but you could just do standalone. Um, the cat-cow, and I'm not going to, I don't really have the great space to demonstrate it now, but doing like uh, cat-cows are good just for the shoulder blades. So just look that one up if you don't know it. Um, and then doing, uh, I like to do like the cobra to child's pose transition as far as kind of just warming up your spine and getting, you know, your spine active. It's real good first thing in the morning. Um, as well as wall or floor slides where you just kind of reach overhead, like have your elbows against the wall pull the elbows down, helps alleviate some neck tension, especially if you're kind of hunched up all day. Most of us carry stress here when we get stressed out. If we see an email we don't like or, you know, we hunch up like that. So either lying down on the floor or standing flat against the wall and just going up, trying to inhale down and then exhale as you reach up is a good one. But um, as far as closing thoughts, you know, it's a crazy time for all of us. Um, it's not the time, you know, don't try to be perfect on everything. Just, I would just aim to have a few small goals for yourself. Um, and like your friend, uh, Freddie, who's been saying in, um, in, our, in our group that we have uh, with some of our other small business leaders, um, you know, I really like some of the content he's been putting out, but basically just saying, you know, don't use this time. If you do have free time during quarantine, try to have some goals, try to make good use of it. You don't want to come out of quarantine saying like, oh my God, all I did was eat and drink and watch Netflix. So, you know, whether it's house projects, whether it's just trying to reconnect with friends, um, you know, trying to start a, an exercise program, just, uh, you know, as always, just try to make use of your time as best you can. So. Yeah, spread the love, stay healthy and stay connected. Um, you know, Ben and I want to thank all of you from the bottom of our hearts for joining in. Um, we just as I said, we hope you're staying healthy out there. Um, thank you for joining in for another coffee with the trainer. And next time we'll come back with another great trainer. And we hope to see you guys around soon in person. Yes. Thank you, Mike. And uh, yeah, guys, stay healthy. And uh, we'll see you next time. All right. Take care, everyone. Thank you.